Good morning, everybody. Could uh, have your attention for just a second. I am not allowed to introduce Mr. Charles. He has told me I'm not allowed to introduce Mr. Charles. So I'm going to talk about something else for just a second. Okay. He's got his name tag. Um, when Julie and I came to Stewart Heights, uh, what would that have been? May, June of 2000, um, we were impressed by three things. I was impressed by three things. Um, one, the fact that somebody greeted me at the door with a smile on their face immediately. <laughs> I'm not going to say who that was. One, uh, that when the second week that we came back, um, Daryl Davenport remembered our names, which I thought was just ridiculously complex, and I, I thought he was smart at that point. <laughs> that was the... That was the <laughs> yeah. Kind of disappointed. Yeah. Two roads diverged in the yellow wood, right? Um, and the third was that the PowerPoint didn't have any glitches in it for five weeks, and I wanted to meet the fellow that did that, and that was Bill Brandenburg last week. But the, the gentleman that greeted us at the door the first Sunday with a great big smile on his face was Mr. Charles Alexander. And I'm going to get in trouble because he told me I couldn't do this, but it's my Sunday school class. I'm going to do it. Um, and uh, I love him dearly, and he's got some thoughts that he wants to share with us this morning. So let's welcome him this morning. You know, I'm almost 82, and, almost, and I've been a Christian almost 70 years. And it's been a long walk, and ups and downs, what have you. So this morning, I just want to share some thoughts with you that come to my mind. You know, you have a handout in the paper, and I want to ask a question. Do you love the Lord? Everybody love the Lord? I think that's everybody, Jim. You might have somebody in your class that don't. Well, let me tell you how I feel about it. You know, I look at Jesus, and the Father was standing up there in heaven, and the Father created an animal, you know, and then Jesus created an animal. We got little bugs, and sometimes some of them, we wonder why he created them. Roach bugs and everything. He had snakes. Why did he create snakes? But he had a reason. And he created all those things, and he got dogs and cats. I understand them. <laughs> so he turned to Jesus and said, You know, all these animals that I, we created live by instinct. They live by instinct. He said, You know, it would be nice if we had somebody who could love us just because they wanted to love us. Jesus said, well, it had to be somebody like us. So he created us and gave us the greatest power there are. Power of choice. You can say, you know, you got to choose. You chose to be here today. You chose to come to church. Most of you chose to know Jesus. And that's important. The most powerful place. You got to pray. You got to choose to pray. Prayer is a great, good point. You got to treat, you got to Choose to read the Bible. So remember, you were created so that you can love God. Not because you have to, but because you want to. We don't live by instinct. We live by the Spirit. So I want you to do that. You know, he said, if you keep my commandments, abide in my love. So we want to abide in the love of Jesus, so we've got to keep His commandments. And then he said, you are my friends if you keep my commandments. Now that's great. Now, we look at the commandments as the Ten Commandments, but there are many more. All through the Bible, there's commandments for you to do, things he said he would do, 
things he would say. If you did certain things, he would do certain things. So it's all through the Bible. Well, if you're going to keep God's commandments to show him you love you, which is action better than words, you're going to have to study, aren't you? So one of the ways that I found out, you know, you have a Bible study. Back when I was 12, 13, uh, Jack Worsham sent me a book, How to Read the Bible Through, I mean, verses to read the Bible through in a year. I did that for a while. Then I decided I'd do it a little bit different. So I got a Bible, and I started at the front. I read a chapter every morning and a chapter every night with pencil. So, you know, that's good to hit till you hit the book of Numbers. It's hard to stay faithful when you're going through Numbers. But you learn things, you know, and you look and see what he's telling you. What he's telling you. And as you do that, you see the, the movement of the Bible all the way through. How it goes through. And you're going to spend as much time reading about su a subject as they, it's in the Bible. You know, how much time do you talk about tithing? It tells you in the Bible. So you will be able to read and spend much time on that subject as the other subjects based on what's in the Bible. And so I would encourage you to find a way to read your Bible. It's very important. You know, if you read a chapter every morning, when you got ready to leave home, go to work, what would be on your mind? See? And when you go to bed at night, and you read a chapter, and there'll be a few nights you lay down and think, oh, I didn't read my Bible. You have to get up and go read your Bible before you can go to sleep. But you have things on your mind instead of all that stuff on TV that you watch and all the shooting going on. And so what you have, when you read the Bible, you have something on your mind that you just read. And your subconscious mind will, will be working. I don't know if you've ever woke up in the middle of the night and had a thought. Sometimes I left and I have no idea why I thought what I did, except the Lord put it in my mind. So I want to ask you to keep His commandments. You know, He said, if you let me keep your commandments, He said, if you confess your sins, I'll forgive you. So we have to do some things too to keep His promises. He wants to do a lot of things for us, but we have to do some things for ourselves. We have to confess our sins. Let's pray about it. Because, because God let us love Him, then He's going to love us if we'll let Him. You know? He said um, to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, how do you love yourself? How do you love, you know? So if you sit down and write, that, write down every, everything that you would like to see the neighbor be, the kind of person you want, you write all those things down, then you look at them and say, well, are they, do I, do I, have those traits. If not, you start working on it. Benjamin Franklin, one time, said he got tired of seeing people going over, crossing the street, and didn't want to talk to him. Because, they, you know, so what he did, he sat down and made 13 areas of his life. And he spent a week in each one of them, maybe to listen. So he made a point to listen to everybody. Maybe, you know, other things he did. So in those 13 weeks, he improved his personality. And then he got through that 13 weeks, he started again. So when you want to look at the list that you have for your neighbor, see if it's in, if you're doing it. Now, if you're doing the things that you'd like to have your neighbor to do, that neighbor's going to be able to love you a little bit more. And it sure is lots easier to love somebody that loves you. And I always say it's great to be with those you love and to be loved by those you're with. So if we want to 
Love people. We got to do it. Another thing is, you know, nobody in here would say anything to hurt my feelings on purpose. I wouldn't say anything to hurt your feelings on purpose. So if you say something to hurt my feelings, I say, hmm, yeah, they got up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, I don't know what happened, but maybe they just in a hurry. Same way, if I say something to hurt you, it's because my mind's somewhere else, which stays pretty well. And it would, so learn to greet people. You do. And uh, he also said that we had people to intercede for us. You know, we know Jesus is on the right hand of God. He's intercedes for us. But we've got to also remember the Holy Spirit says He's interceding for us. Can you imagine those two people entered up there saying, Father, there, there's Charles. Take good care of him. It's hard. I know when I when I pray up there and Jesus says, Father's Charles, I want him to say, not Charles who, but I want him to say, not him again. <laughs> you know, so I want him to know me. And so it's, you know, but we come here to the church and I think, but you've got to realize you're an individual and you have certain traits, certain things. Everybody here, God has something that you can do and nobody else is going to do it. If you don't do what He tells you to do, it won't get done. Everybody has a goal. He created everybody for a purpose. And you want to find out what that is. And one of the ways you do that is reading God's Word. It just I suggest you read, start at the front and just read all the way through and you'll see how it ties all in together. It's very good. You know, one of the things that we have to think about is our thinking. You know, you can only think one thought at a time. So if you can control that thought, you know, so if something comes to your mind that shouldn't be there, think about Jesus on the cross. Your mind, you don't think one thing at a time. So you want to learn if things not right, think about Jesus on the cross. Back when I worked for young people years ago, we used to, that's when everybody carried money, didn't have all the cards, and we had a little aluminum cross. So they reached in their pocket, get their money out, they saw that little cross. That's to remind them how the kind of person they should be. So you need to be thinking about what do you think? He said, it true, pure, true, pure love, a good report. We should think on these things. You should think on good things, good report. So if you fill your mind with the Word of God, you'll think good things. And you'll think about different situations, you know. And you say, well, now how would God do that? So he's, he's giving you some basic principles. As you read the Bible through, you'll learn His his traits, the things he wants, the things he's trying to get you to be like. See, and then you know, remember the group used to have a thing, what, what would Jesus do? You know, but we, we don't know. We do what we want to do. Then we look back and say, oh, Lord, get me out of this mess. So we run ahead. So we, sometimes little things become big things. So if you can control your thoughts, you but if you let it wander a little bit, you read something you shouldn't, you watch something you shouldn't, it becomes easier and easier in your mind. And you begin to praise good thoughts with old thoughts. So you want to live. One of the things that uh, I said a long time ago, I want to have the spirit of discernment. I want to be able to discern what the Holy Spirit puts in my heart. That's the will of the Lord. He said he did.
So I kind of I want to be able to discern people I see. What can I say to them? What can I do to lift them up? So we want to be able to discern, and you want to discern the will of the God. And what you do. sometimes he'll he just out of the clear blue tell you to do something. Lay it on your heart. I've, I had a lady one day up here, and I thought about her. And I don't know why, and she walked around the corner, and I was able to give her a hug because I don't know why, and she kind of cried a little bit because she needed it. And I was at the other church years ago. Everything I do talk about is years ago. But, <laughs> uh, uh, I used to stand up there in the church, and people come into Sunday school. There's a teacher came in, and I always give her a hug. I never thought about it. One time we touched and she said, the only hug I get all week long is from Charles. See, I didn't know that. But so you want to be have a good relationship with people that are around you. But you want to be aware of the things around you. Be aware if you see something before it needs to be picked up, need a door to be open, need a smile. Be aware of what's going on around you. Some people, there are people in a church, even here as you walk through the church here, there are people that have the need or something needs to be done. A box needs to be moved or whatever it might be. A door needs to be opened. You know, you see a little kid doing something, you go help them. Be aware of what's going on around you so that you can be of service to those people around you. So you want to do that. That's some things I think about. And I looked at the thing, what does the Lord, you know, going through the Bible already, what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? It's in the Word. What did He require? He said, our Lord requires us to do justice, love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. That's what He requires of you. Justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your Father. And so you want to think about that. Because that's the core of what you're supposed to be. That's what He wants you to be. That's what He requires of us. And if He requires of us, He wants it. He gives us the power to do it. You know what I mean? He will never ask you to do something that you, you don't think you can do. He'll give you the power. Back when I worked at DuPont, I had a supervisor come in and he said, never volunteer for anything you can't do. But if somebody asks you to do something, it shows they got faith in you that you can do it. So be aware, of, just like Jim asked me to come up here. Well, to come to your class, Jim? You know, I hear so much about it. You know, I don't want to downgrade them. So I thought about it and I prayed about it. And he, you know, I'm just wanting to be sharing some thoughts that come to my mind. What we, what you, if, if I could encourage any of you to, to make it a practice of studying your Bible some way. I can tell you a few couple of years back, I used to get tired at night. I said, Lord, i got to find some time to have some spot time. He said, what are you doing between five and six? I said, I'm sleeping. He said, well, I, so I started getting up at 5 o'clock. And, you know, pretty soon I started going to bed earlier. <laughs> but he will answer your prayers and show you and tell you and give you the thoughts that you need to please him and accomplish what he has for you. You know, I think about what, What's going to be, and we think about all the good things the Lord's done for us, you know? Things we take for granted. You take a lot of things for granted because you've had them so long, but the Lord blessed you with them. 
You know, let's be honest. To be born in America, to be born in America, it's a blessing, isn't it? You got a good start. And to be born this time in history, it's great. You got all the things of the past, and you got all the things coming to the future. You've seen things that my daddy died. He when he heard about the uh, atomic bomb, he heard on a little bit of radio. Now look, we can, we can go in the store, buy anything from around the world. There, we can see anything from around the world. You know, who would ever thought we could see the Olympics? All you did, we got pictures in the paper and heard on the radio. Now look at what you can do. So we we live in a time. God has put us here. And I said before, there's things you can do. So what you want to do is plant good seeds. And you're a light unto the world. You don't realize. Back, again, many years ago, back in the 60s, I used to call on a, a company. And just there once in a while, I'd go in the president's office. I walked in one morning. He was there telling a, a joke to his church secretary, who was a member of the First Baptist Church and sung in the choir. When I walked in, he quit telling the joke. And one time, they was having a meeting with all the suppliers. And I went in, and he said, it's going to be on Wednesday, but you don't have to come. I said, why? He said, because you go to church on Wednesday, don't you? I said, I sure do. And I, I never wondered, but he, see, I never told him I went to church on Wednesday night. But you got to be consistent. You got to persist in what you are and be consistent. You can't. If if somebody told you a joke and you laughed, then you go over here and somebody else will tell you a joke. Are you going to laugh? Are certain people you're going to be a Christian with and show the trites, and others you're not? See, and so you got to be consistent in what you do, and you got to persist the good days and the bad days. There are days that, that sometimes there's days you wish you could stay in bed, but and sometimes things don't go right. But you gotta you gotta be consistent in the way you live and the way you walk. Good days and bad days. You know there are certain things that we live under the laws of God. We live under the laws of nature. If you go outside, it's raining. Christian or not a Christian, you gonna get wet. Then you live under the laws of men. If you go too fast, sometimes you get a ticket. $90, I got a metal check. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we have to realize the things that happen to us, there's a reason. That's the law of nature, you know, whatever it might be. One of those laws that fit that situation. So you have to accept the situations, and if something happens, you learn from it. See, you, not, there's no bad things happen to you because you can learn from it. You might leave it up. And so what did can I learn from this lesson? What can I learn? You, and then there's nothing wrong with making a mistake. The person trying is going to make mistakes. The person who don't make the same mistake twice is learning. So if you're trying and you're learning, you're going to be successful. And success is not... If, if you want to be on the service station, the filling station, you want to pump gas, and you do it, and you're good at it, then you're successful. Success doesn't mean what somebody else is going to be. It doesn't mean what somebody else wants you. But you know, um, Roger, you know, Will Rogers used to do the little rope thing. He said, you do well what you like, and you like 
what you do well. So I can walk in. If you're doing something, a real good job on something, I say, hey, you're like that, don't you? Because you're doing it well. And you like what you do well, and you do well what you like. So you want to conduct yourself in a way that as you walk through life, you're going to be a light. You're going to grow by reading the Bible. And as you read the Bible, see, you go, faith comes by hearing. And it also says, without faith you cannot please me. So do you have so as you go through life and have experiences, it increases your faith. And that's at the so I probably had some experiences you haven't had. And I know it's going to work out all right. When I worked for uh, McCormick, we went up there and we, they were 17 of us in the board of directors' office and, or meeting. The president of the company came out. He talked and he said, we don't have problems here at McCormick. We have opportunities. He said, sometimes we have so many opportunities they create a problem. <laughs> but So if something happens to you, it's a learning experience. Hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, you don't like the results, so you don't do it anymore. Or you learn something. Well, I never thought about that before. So the, you want to have today, I want to hope and I pray that you get a thought starter. Some areas that I've said something about, think about it, apply it to your life, see what the Lord tells you, what He wants you to do. So that's that's what I want to share with you. And if you've got a hand out there and you turn it over on the back, it says the big S's. Hey, you know, so here's, here's another one of my thoughts. The big S is you have salvation. The salvation puts a song in your heart. It puts a smile on your face. The song, it puts a sparkle in your eye, a spring in your step. It makes you want to share and it makes you want to serve. And it makes you want to study. I left the blank. It makes you want to study. So, do you have the S's in your life? Do you have a smile? Do you have a song? Do you, have... you conduct yourself in such a way that others would like to be like you because you're like God. So as we grow and we go through life, it's life's a lot of cycles. You go the cycles when you're a kid, teenager, go to college and you get married and ever. And your kids come along, so things change in your cycle. Your priorities change as you go through life, based on where you're at in life. But you want to be one thing you want to do. You want to study God's Word. You want to spend time in prayer. And you want to follow the golden rule. Does everybody know what the golden rule is? Does anybody know what the golden rule is? What is it? Yes, do unto others you have to do. And he said that fulfills the laws and the prophets. Many years ago, again, I started a company called the Three C Company, Christ Church and Charles. And underneath, I had a Golden Root Company. And when I go into one of my customers, I treat them like I don't do anything in there that I wouldn't do if wouldn't want them to do if I know the same thing. Now, sometimes they don't know something and they don't want you to do something. But based on what I know, I, I do what I wouldn't do anything to my customers or to my friends that I wouldn't want them to do to me. So live by the golden rule. How, would, how are you treating people? You treat them like you want to be treated? 
You smile at them because you want your smile. So just start thinking about all the things that you could do to be more Christ-like. And I thank you. Thank you, Jim. You too, me. No, sir, I'm not done with you. Oh, I need you for another minute. Is that okay? Yeah, depending on what that minute is. It, is, it does depend on what that minute is. Um, what I didn't tell you all is that first Sunday at Stewart Heights um, that, that we came to Sunday school, uh, my then fiance and I were walking down that long hallway in the Chattanooga campus. And Mr. Charles saw us and just assumed we were married and uh, ushered us right into uh, Lance and Sherry Gregory's young married class. <laughs> and, uh, and it took them about three weeks to figure out we weren't married. Because uh, Lance would talk about anything in front of anybody. Um, but um, his, his decision that morning helped us to meet and make some friends that uh, we still have 13 years later. And, and God used that in a very special way. That, that group of people rallied around us at a time in our life when we needed a tremendous amount of help. And it, and it made a difference. It made a huge difference. As I got to know Mr. Charles, see, you told me I couldn't introduce you at the beginning, but you didn't say nothing about the end. <laughs> <laughs> I probably learned that from you, too. I don't know. Um, as I got to know Mr. Charles, uh, and I saw his heartbeat, and I saw his passion for Jesus, uh, I started to pray probably seven or eight years ago, right before we moved into this campus, God, if you could just make me a little more like Mr. Charles, that'd be just fine with me. And um, I don't know if you've ever watched Mr. Charles walk, but every once in a while, he'll catch his right foot on the carpet, and there's a little hitch in his giddy-up. Um, that's what my grandfather would call it. And about six months after I started praying that prayer, I got a little hitch in my right foot giddy-up. <laughs> um, and I... And every time I hang that right foot, I just smile and stop and thank you, Lord, you're making me a little more like Mr. Charles. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so two more things and I'm done, okay? There's a, uh, an author, Eugene Peterson. You, you guys have heard me talk about him quite often. He's one of my favorite authors uh, in the world today. Um, he, he wrote the translation of the Bible, The Message. I, I think it's, if you listed all of his works, it's probably my least favorite. Y'all know me and all that. Literal, 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 but uh, he wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And, uh, one of my favorites. And some of you some of you are going to wonder about today's lesson, and you go, well, it, Mr. Charles harped on a lot of basic things. Really straightforward, you know, here's the, here's the fundamentals. We're going we're gonna to keep it really simple. Um, we have church records that go back almost 2,000 years that talk about what some of the apostles that walked with Jesus Christ, what some of their sermons were like. Uh, and John uh, was the oldest. He lived into his uh, early and possibly even late 90s, which was just extreme old age. The average age of a person at that time was somewhere between um, 25 and 35 years. That's, that was your lifespan. That was a full life. So to have a 90-year-old was just unbelievable. Uh, and the stories go, and there's multiple of them all across that part of the country, uh, that part of the world, that they would help him up into a pulpit, and he would lean against the pulpit, and he would say five words, and that would be his sermon. He would say, little children, 
love one another. Thank you for teaching me that and, uh, and for showing me that. We love you, Mr. Charles. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you. So we'll have our uh, prayer time now, and uh, we've got a little extra time, and that'll work just fine. So appreciate you coming this morning. Thanks, guys.